Welcome, 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 welcome. You're listening to Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. Hello, hello, and welcome to Democracy North Carolina's 2021 Democracy Summer, the Bigger Picture virtual press conference as part of our virtual day of advocacy. We want to thank you all for being here. My name is Kel Williams. I'm a current student at Central Piedmont Community College, and I will be the co-moderator for this event, along with my colleague, Brianna Martin. Hi, everyone. I'm Brianna Martin. I go to Warren Wilson College, and I'm so happy to be here today. Back to you, Kel. All right. We are very proud today to be joined on the Zoom by the 22nd class of Democracy Summer, which is a long-running college internship program of Democracy North Carolina as you know, a nonpartisan nonprofit that puts young voters on the front lines of the fight for a political system in this state that works for all. We are here today to speak directly to state and local election officials, representing the dozens of North Carolina counties where we were raised and where we go to school, where we have family and where we have friends, to vote no, on various anti-voter bills and to commit to pro-democracy measures and policies that benefit all voters, including and especially those voters in the black and brown communities. We will be hearing today from four different speakers, other participants in the Democracy Summer Program who will be speaking in depth about the current bills that we have referenced before the North Carolina General Assembly. Senate Bill 326, 724, and 725, House Bill 805, and Senate Bill 337. So to tell you a little bit about myself before we go into the other speakers and why this matters to me as a voter in North Carolina, I, I have lived in North Carolina for 25 years. I This state is my home. And I found that no matter our backgrounds, no matter where we live, no matter what our lifestyles are, a common value that we all share is freedom. And so it pains me to see the measures being taken to actively erect barriers between myself, between my neighbors and their freedom to vote. We look to our legislators to ensure that we as voters have safe and accessible avenues to the ballot box. So now we will hear from our speakers who will speak in detail about why it is imperative to oppose the anti-voter, anti-protest bills and support the removal of racist Jim Crow era legal code from our state's constitution. I'd like to introduce our first speaker, my colleague, Ben Nagin, to speak specifically on Senate Bill 326 and 724. Ben. Thank you, Cal. My name is Ben. I'm a current student at Appalachian State University. And like Cal said, I'm gonna be speaking more about Senate Bills 326 and 724. As a young person growing up in 2021, somebody who voted for the first time last year, I have noticed how many issues such as voter suppression can feel daunting. 
When they feel daunting, I have often found myself looking away, avoiding confronting these issues head on. However, I recognize my privilege in saying that. So for those who cannot simply look away, let's bring some of these bills down to earth. The time to look away ends now. Senate bills 326, 724, and 725 were all originally part of the same bill. These bills, which now stand alone as their own pieces of legislation, are among the 400 plus anti-voter bills which have been introduced throughout 45 states this year alone. All of these bills are clear, outright efforts to suppress the vote of the most vulnerable and historically disenfranchised communities in the state. Senate Bill 326, which originated in and has passed the North Carolina Senate, requires absentee ballots that are postmarked by 7.30 p.m. on election day to be discarded if they are not received by election officials on election day. This stands in stark contrast to the three-day window, which currently stands for properly postmarked absentee ballots to be received by election officials. Senate Bill 724, which also began and passed in the North Carolina Senate, seeks to allocate taxpayer dollars towards a voter ID program to spend money on, quote, voters needing photo identification. However, the issue of required photo ID to vote is still up in the air in the court system. We can't allow ourselves to be turned away by the fact that these bills are often cloaked in mundane language and bureaucratic processes. We must be honest about the true implications that these bills hold. While lobbying over my years, I have often been told by lawmakers that there needs to be a more, quote, comprehensive solution to the problem. Well, here's one. Don't spend taxpayer dollars on a program for something that doesn't even exist in our state. Spend it on the mailing system infrastructure. If ballots are arriving late after election day, don't punish that voter. Work to fix a system that the mail-in ballots rely on. In terms of Senate Bill 724, Taxpayer dollars should not be going towards voter ID after it has been stricken down by and continues to struggle in the courts. Voter ID laws are another clear attempt to disenfranchise vulnerable voter populations. For many, it is hard to imagine how getting a photo ID would pose a hurdle. However, that is time off work, transportation to an office, seeking childcare, paying for the ID itself, and many more nuanced and unique struggles that come along with getting an ID let alone actually voting. It is unacceptable to spend the money of those living in the worst poverty only to set them back further. Voting by mail has been a routine method of voting, which has not turned any heads. However, when record numbers of black, brown, and indigenous voters utilize the system in 2020, we see the method coming under attack. This is no coincidence. Once one election cycle ends, the next one starts. Politicians feeling this pressure turn to tactics like these to disenfranchise the voters that they see as a threat. If Senate Bill 326 was in place in 2020, over 11,000 ballots would have been thrown away. Think about how this would benefit the very politicians who have introduced and pushed this legislation. We all need to say no to Jim Crow 2.0 and stand up for absolutely each and everyone's right to vote. I urge legislators to vote no to these extremely harmful pieces of legislation. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. We will now hear from Lucas Sajo, and he will be speaking about Senate Bill 337. Thank you, Kel. My name is Lucas Sajo. I'm a student at North Carolina State University, and I'm here to talk about House Bill 337, 
Are we a democracy NC supported? And what effects it will have if passed? House Bill 337, if passed, would kick off the process of amending the Constitution of North Carolina by removing Section 4 of Article 6, which made it legal for literacy tests to be administered prior to voting. This section of the state constitution was initially passed in 1899 and made it a requirement that before anyone is able to vote, they must read and write any section of the constitution in English. Its purpose, such as the purpose of current bills where we are in opposition of today, was to disenfranchise poor and black and brown communities by making it purposefully harder to vote. Although poor whites were initially included in this group, they were allowed to be grandfathered into the, vote, the new voting system as long as they or someone related to them was registered to vote before 1867. Thus, literacy, literacy tests were not made as a measure of literacy, but were created to be a symbol of the power white supremacists held within North Carolina, a symbol that ensured black and brown communities would be second-class citizens. By taking the first step in this removal process and passing House Bill 337, the next steps would include submitting this amendment to voters in North Carolina on the ballots of the general election of 2022, where they will be allowed to vote either for or against the change. And if a majority of voters vote for the amendment and it is certified by the State Board of Elections and the Secretary of State, then the amendment will become effective and the requirement will be removed from the Constitution. It is worth noting that yes, there will be no practical effect if this bill is passed and the amendment is made in 2022. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 did outlaw all practices of literacy tests in Southern states, meaning that even though this section is on the books, it is not able to be used without an ensuing lawsuit. However, there is a symbolic and purposeful effect that comes from the General Assembly passing House Bill 337. People that look like me, walk the earth as I do, and who benefited from the same privileges that I have, made this constitutional amendment to oppress marginalized groups and suppress their voices through limiting their involvement in the elections process. I, a cis white male with a college education, would not have been affected by the literacy test requirements passed in 1899. That is why people who look like me continue to have an over North Carolina General Assembly and other state assemblies across the nation, including both houses of Congress. People who have similar identities as me continue to get elected just as they did in 1899 and in the same manner make legislation that suppresses the vote of marginalized communities, such as Senate Bill 326, 724, and 725. Passing House Bill 337 will not make up or provide reparations for the harm literacy tests and other policies have had and continue to have on generations of Black and Brown communities. But it will acknowledge the harm done by legislators who look like me and will further further acknowledge the state-sponsored racism that it allowed for decades. Literacy tests were symbolic of the power white supremacists held over, the North Carolina, over North Carolina. Repealing this measure from the state constitution will serve as a symbol of the progress we've made and are committed to make in the future as we recognize and remove other relics of oppression from state and national bodies. We must acknowledge the sustaining effects that Jim Crow and systemic racism has had on North Carolina by supporting House Bill 337. And we must oppose Senate Bill 326, 724, and 725 by saying no to Jim Crow 2.0. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lucas. All right, now we're gonna be hearing from Anisha Reddy. And they'll be talking about Senate Bill 725. Anisha. Thanks, Cal. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Anisha Reddy, and I'm a student at Duke University. 
Um, like Kel said, I'm here to urge lawmakers to vote against SB 725, which would prohibit nonprofit grant funding to county boards of elections, creating financial challenges that will burden under-resourced communities during elections, especially Black, Brown, and Indigenous populations, older adults in residential living facilities, and voters with disabilities. Contrary to some partisan narratives, nonprofit funding has never been used to influence the outcome of races. Instead, it's largely been used to help administer elections. In 2020, for instance, $4.1 million of grant funding were distributed across the state to give pay raises to understaffed and overworked poll workers, provide for increased mail-in voting access, and finance vital COVID-19 safety measures, such as single-use pens, in almost every single county in the state. 97 out of 100 of uh, North Carolina's counties relied partially on this grant funding to run their elections. What's worse, 725 offers local boards of elections no alternative source of funding, even though it's clear that county and state level funds have been inadequate. If 725 is passed into law, localities would have to shoulder the costs of running elections by themselves without any supplemental funding to fall back on. This could mean longer lines, fewer polling places, outdated voting equipment, and overall limited voting access across the state for historically disenfranchised communities, specifically voters of color in under-resourced counties. As a lifelong resident of North Carolina, as a student, as the daughter of two immigrants who take immense pride in the citizenship they've earned, I know firsthand how seriously people across our great state take their civic rights and duties. After all the thankless work and tireless organizing that Black, Brown, and, and Indigenous folks have done throughout centuries of our history, these anti-voter bills feel like a slap in the face, a deliberate attempt to preserve white supremacy after an election in which communities of color turned out in record numbers. If we want to uphold our commitment to equity and progress, to a vibrant and responsive democracy, representatives in the House must vote against these dangerous bills, SB 326, 724, and 725. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anisha. Thanks, Brianna. Thank you, Anisha. And moving right along, now we will hear from our next speaker, Hassan Bird, who will be speaking about House Bill 805. Hassan. Thanks, Ko. My name is Hassan Bird. Um, I am an organizer, artist, and current fellow with Democracy North Carolina. I'm here today to talk about memorialization. Last week, Joe Biden officially signed Juneteenth into law as a national holiday. In doing so, he memorialized, if you will, not even just the existence of slavery, but more so America's delayed sense of restitution or even acknowledgement of wrongdoing. And America's hypocrisy has never been a secret. The lack of guilt, recompense, or atonement has been clear for generations. But what we can no longer do is allow that to continue. It is past time. It is past time for us to acknowledge the roots and the purpose of voter ID laws and literacy tests. It is not the time to be placing further restrictions on an absentee voter system that needs to be supported, refined, and expanded. And it's definitely not the time to start attacking our most vocal citizens' right to vote in protest. HB 805 increases and creates additional charges for any person participating in a protest that leads to a riot. A riot under state law can involve as few as three people. Bills like HB 805 are the exact reason why citizens of our city and of this country feel ignored, targeted, 
gaslit, and betrayed. Our lawmakers would rather draft anti-riot laws before addressing the issues that people are rioting over. Protesters are not criminals. They are hungry, struggling, angry, and hurt, and all they are asking is that our lawmakers listen and oppose these bills meant to clog up an election process. It feels like politicians are trying to sabotage our elections, almost as if they are worried about their jobs. But if they actually created laws that help people, they wouldn't have anything to worry about. And I think it's time for them to start listening to the people. In 2021, they have an opportunity to follow a different path, to memorialize a new mindset, where our politicians actually listen and make decisions based on the input of the people that they are supported by. And they can start by voting against HB 805, 724, and 725 and protecting our democracy here in North Carolina. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hassan. Do we have any questions for Hassan regarding HB 805? If not, then I will close this out. As a Black woman, I'm constantly told that Jim Crow was a long time ago. Tell that to my grandparents, who were seven years old when Rosa Parks was arrested after refusing to give up her bus seat. Tell that to my father, who was only three years old when the Civil Rights Act was signed, or my mom, who was less than a year old when the Boston busing crisis happened. Tell that to me. I was 19 years old when George Floyd was murdered. And now at 20 years of age, I am bearing witness to my state's attempt to usher in Jim Crow 2.0. Racism and white supremacy in America are alive and well. And these anti-voter, anti-democracy bills are proof of that. I am disappointed, but I'm not surprised. I'm never surprised. This is my country. This is the land of my ancestors. This is my flesh, my blood, and my breath. I am never surprised by my country, but I know we can be better because I am proof of it. On my shoulders, I carry the wounds and the joys of my grandparents, my father, and my mother. 73 years of life, three generations. I promise you that Jim Crow was not a long time ago. It is part of my present reality and by voting no on these bills, we can stop it from becoming part of my future. We are at a pro-democracy turning point for North Carolina. This is where we decide if we will move forward together to protect our freedom to vote and ensure that we all have a say in the key decisions that impact us or whether we will allow a minority of politicians to take away our rights. Tell your Senator that you demand they vote no on these Jim Crow 2.0 policies at dimnc.co slash Jim Crow 2.0. That ends today's press conference. Before we close, we're happy to take a few more questions.